Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 41. Dead men tell no tales. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, guys? I wasn't quite ready for that one, Pete. <laughs> and Tom. Uh, yeah, I, I had a feeling of something like that, but uh, good stuff, Pete. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World experience, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I, I don't know. I was at a loss for a title tonight. I kind of reached. You know, I didn't... It'll, it'll fit in, though. Yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want us just to do, um, you know, a generic topic that, that uh, you know, that was fun. That was a little spicier than I thought it was going to be. Didn't see that coming. Uh, you know, you got to make the magic happen. So tonight, as you can't tell from my title, because the title really has nothing to do with what we're going to be talking about, we are going to be talking about our top five ride moments. And these are going to be really specific ride moments. A couple of mine were really general, like, oh, I like the way this feels, or I like the way this smells. But I kind of narrowed them down, and, and I have encouraged Matt and Tom to do the same thing. Before we go to Tom with the news for tonight, I, I do want to kind of celebrate. Guys, we've been doing this for a year now. Yeah, this is uh, it's pretty awesome. I didn't I didn't even realize it, but I was I was looking back at some of our old episodes, and I mean we have we have officially hit uh, officially hit a year plus now. So congratulations to us. <laughs> well, big time congratulations, big time congratulations to you guys. Um, I'm just happy to be back on board. Wow, a year that's awesome. You know, we we started this kind of as a uh, almost as a joke to appease our uh, wives and fiancés that. You know, we were talking about Disney so often planning a trip that let, let's try and be productive and useful with it. And now it's just kind of, uh, it's the new norm. I mean, it's it's built into the weekly schedule. It is. So anyway, congratulations. Well, I, I thought that was necessary. And and let me thank our listeners. Uh, of course, uh, we, we really appreciate you guys reaching out to us and encouraging us along the way. Uh, if we didn't have listeners... Uh, there probably wouldn't be a whole lot for us to, a lot of reason for us to continue doing it, but we are, uh, we're growing and, and you guys are helping us by sharing our podcast on Twitter and word of mouth and uh, our partner, Destination for the Character Travel Agency has been a great addition. Uh, so we're really fortunate to be able to discuss Disney with such a passionate fan base. All right, well, let's go to the news. I know we've got a lot of news to talk about this week. You want to go ahead and get started with that, Tom? We do. Yeah. So obviously we took Memorial Day weekend off. Uh, just with, with different travel plans, and, and we probably should have told you guys that, but I think I did hit you up on Twitter uh, to give you a heads up. So we have quite a bit of news, so hang tight uh, hang tight as we work through this. I'm uh, going to start in Epcot. Uh, Epcot Festival of the Holidays will begin in time for Thanksgiving this year. Uh, it's been confirmed last week, uh, actually, that 2018 Epcot International Festival of the Holidays will kick off earlier than ever on November 18th and run all the way through December 30th. Uh, in addition, the Candlelight Processional will open earlier this year for Thanksgiving as well. That'll start on November 22nd and will run through December 30th. I was actually at Epcot uh, this past year during the Festival of the Holidays. And, uh, you know, you have different food booths. They have different drink options. They have uh, unique menus. And obviously the highlight is the Candlelight Processional. These things in Epcot have started earlier and earlier and earlier. Here we are with uh, the Festival of the Holidays starting before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Moving over to, uh, like I always like to say, taking the monorail to Magic Kingdom here. Uh, it looks like the Incredibles Tomorrowland Expo will kick off at Magic Kingdom. Uh, so this past week, Magic Kingdom has kicked off its Incredible Tomorrowland Expo. 
which will bring several limited time activities to this area of the park, uh, including, of course, a dance party at the Rocket Tower Plaza stage. You'll have a variety of incredible characters dancing uh, with you. There'll be popular songs, and, and there'll be performing a variety of acts. In addition to this, Little Ones can participate in the Jack-Jack Diaper Dash at noon daily, which is a crawling race just for infants. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of neat. There's not a lot to do for an infant at Disney World. Uh, and No. You know, and, I mean, why not? Just let's put them in a race. Right. And, and <laughs> let's wear them out and get them ornery. You, you see this done at, in, in um, you know NBA games where they do, like, the baby race at halftime. I think this is this is fine. You know, you can take infants on rides, and, and one of the big things when you take an infant to Disney under two, they're free. And so you're, as a parent, understanding they're not going to remember it, but you want to take a lot of pictures so you can show them. I think this is kind of cool, what, what Disney's doing. Mm-hmm. And excited for The Incredibles 2 to come out, too. Must-watch movie. Absolutely. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, we're going to spend quite a bit of time here with the news. Obviously, there's a ton going on there. Uh, so we're going to start... Before you, before you get started with the Hollywood Studios news, I just have an update. Great movie ride is still closed. Oh, yeah. We're doing that every week. Well, yeah. Should I redo that? Should we go to Pete for the update here? That The Great Movie Ride is still nope. closed? Great Movie Ride is still closed. Um, That's all. Back to back to what is opening and coming soon. I'm sure you all Not saw it. Great movie, if right? you listen to a Disney podcast, you probably uh, check out a variety of news outlets for Disney World. Fall of 2019 confirmed as opening date for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I was totally off. I thought it would be in May or June. Uh, it's been rumored for a while that um, you know it was obviously still on schedule for 2019, uh, and it looks like they're going to be entering their final phases of construction soon which does put this on track for late 2019. We're not far from it, guys. It's getting close. This will probably be the largest opening of all time at Walt Disney World. Certainly going to have the crowds like nothing else ever has before. Like we've said in the past, you have your Disney fans, you have your uh, you know, your Pixar fans, you have your Pandora fans. You don't Disney and Star Wars don't always overlap uh, from a fan base standpoint. It, it's going to be wild. I'm going to stay far away from Disney fall of 2019 probably. <laughs> I'll let it settle, uh, but that's huge news, obviously, for what is to come uh, in Hollywood Studios and, and making that the second most popular park at, uh, based on our predictions. Again, uh, now some other news that's definitely relevant. All tracks are now open at Toy Story Mania. You know, we discussed on one of our prior podcasts that Toy Story Mania was closing one of the tracks due to some construction and, and changing the entrance uh, to Toy Story Mania in the future. Well, it looks like they're gonna they're gonna open all of them here for a, a brief time period. Uh, it looks like the Fast Pass reservations are, are back available. They are doing some construction inside this attraction, so beware of that. However, this will not last long. Uh, June once June 11th hits uh, to June 18th, they will probably close them back, close the entire actually entire tour Story many of them right for the whole week. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I've read online at a variety of outlets is you know with the June 30th opening date, and keep in mind June 18th is when the finishing touches should be put on the new entrance for this ride. There's a little bit of a rumor that Disney may take the construction walls down around Toy Story Land, uh, even though it's not quite open. So that'll be something we need to follow. Uh, And that's obviously, you know, the big deal at Hollywood Studios this summer. And staying with the theme of Toy Story Land here, uh, in addition to the two new new attractions, the walk-up quick service restaurant and the character meet and greets, uh, it was recently announced that guests who visit this new area can be entertained by Sarge and the Green Army Man Drum Corps, a wandering character experience that will see some slightly redesigned soldiers march through the land several times a day and stop to play. If I've heard correctly, and Pete, 
if I'm wrong here, uh, just stop me. Have they changed the? They're going to do actual face characters. Yeah, I, I because before it was always like a, a green mask, right? That these guys wore, and I I think that they are actually going to be face characters now. I think that's correct. I think that I think that'll be cool. I, I do know they they wore it was almost like green. I don't want to call them like yeah pantyhose over their face, but yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I think I think that'll definitely add add something to it. Uh, stay, staying over in Hollywood Studios, looks like Di- uh, Disney Junior show coming this fall to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, Disney has announced that uh, this fall a new show called Disney's Junior Dance Party will be arriving in Hollywood Studios. This character-based show will feature plenty of familiar faces uh, like Mickey and the Road Star Racers, Doc McStuffins, the Lion Guard, and the newest hit series Vampirina. Now, while this is exciting that there's a new show coming, it does mean that Disney's Junior's live on stage will be coming to an end after over 17 years of performance in this park. Uh, the puppet-based show will have its final performance on September 1st, which, again, if I had children, that may resonate more with me. I don't know if I've even ever seen this. Probably the biggest nugget, maybe the second biggest nugget of news for Hollywood Studios, Disney's Hollywood Studios location confirmed for new Star Wars hotel. You know, I don't know if it's opening date or the hotel. Pete, uh, as you you texted this week on it, is there anything you want to share specifically to the hotel? Not really. I mean, we we didn't get a whole lot of additional information about the hotel, you know, other than the location, it is going to be connected to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge as, as kind of we all predicted that it would be. I don't know that you can make this kind of interactive hotel work and have it, you know, not have it dumped directly into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So it will be connected to Galaxy's Edge. But I, I think that they've, you know, this will definitely not open in time for Galaxy's Edge. This is going to be long past the actual open date of Galaxy's Edge. To give some background, we've hit on it in prior podcasts. You're going to be, you can basically pick the dark side. You can be a Jedi, and anything. You, this is what we've rumored, and Disney's kind of confirmed. Anything you do will come back to haunt you during this uh, experience, whether it's good or bad. You basically will have, basically, like an ID. You know, like a magic band. They'll be able to recognize who you are, what you've done, who you've worked with. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. Here's my question: Is there any chance that? Staying at this resort gives you late access to Star Wars Land or Galaxy's Edge, rather. I mean, I can I can see that I can see early access. I see it early, like early entry, better, like extra magic hours in the morning time. I think that's what it's going to be. But I don't I don't know that it necessarily gets you like okay, well you can go on the rides at Galaxy's Edge. You may be able to go into the land and you may be able to experience some of the immersive elements of the land because you almost have to 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 stay at this hotel and to participate in the story. But I don't know that it gets you, you know, access to the rides, anything like that. Now, what, what, what would be cool if it happened was if there was like resort exclusive ride or resort exclusive experiences where you're only going to get, I mean, obviously there's going to make your lightsaber that travels with you and whatnot, like you just spoke about. But I could see instead of doing extra magic hours in the park, I mean, it's just going to be purely if you're staying to this resort. Right. No, I, I definitely agree. Definitely agree with you. So maybe we can all, well, if it's the most popular thing in Disney World, maybe we can all get on Flight of Passage. <laughs> there you go. Relatively quickly. It's one positive, right? Uh, speaking of Flight of Passage, you're going to move over to Animal Kingdom here. Uh, I got a few uh, news nuggets uh, from uh, from this, this uh, theme park here. So Donald's Dino Bash opened at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Uh, essentially, uh, this was a Donald's Dino Bash character attraction that, that it was a festival uh, in the way I would describe it. Uh, there were dance parties. There were special characters, uh, and it was it was l- initially planned to be a limited time offering. 
Uh, looks like it's been revealed that it's going to be sticking around indefinitely. So they're over there in Dino Land, not much to do. They've, they've kind of celebrated the fact that ducks came from dinosaurs and Donald is actually a dinosaur. Uh, so you can see, you know, Donald Duck, Daisy, Goofy, Pluto, Chippendale, Launchpad, McQuack, and Scrooge McDuck. Anyone who's very big on finding characters, those last two I named, are near impossible to find. So if you if you are interested in getting character signatures or pictures, you need to go over to Donald's Dino Bash in the Animal Kingdom, uh, and you can find them periodically through the day. Uh, so that, that'd be a, a good opportunity for you. Uh, staying in Animal Kingdom, looks like they are testing a new stroller parking system. Uh, so beginning this week, Disney has be, uh, started testing a new stroller parking system at the Animal Kingdom. It'll allow guests who visit specific attractions to receive a colored tag, which corresponds to one of three stroller parking areas. Tags can be reused at other attractions or a new tag picked up at each location. The attractions that are going to be participating in this test are Kilimanjaro Safari is Tough to be a Bug, Cali River Rapids, Finding Nemo the Musical, the Festival of the Lion King, the Wildlife Express Train, and Rivers of Light. Uh, so if you are taking uh, children to Disney's Animal Kingdom and will be using the stroller parking, uh, just kind of be aware. Give us feedback on Twitter uh, if, if you're down there now. Uh, another thing that has opened here almost as trial, Ticket Corner opens this summer at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, now through September 29th, the Animal Kingdom will be participating in this. It's Park's kind of testing a new in park ticket sales location known as the Ticket Corner. Uh, this location can be found just outside Discovery Trading Company and will allow guests to purchase regular theme park tickets, upgrade their ticket with additional days, add the park hopper feature, purchase an annual pass, or buy ticket for uh, buy tickets for special ticketed events like Disney After Hours or Not So Scary or the Very Merry. So it's a, it's a guest services, basically. It's a, yeah, it's guest services. Calling it the ticket corner, I guess, separates people who actually have like magic band issues and go to guest services versus somebody who wants to buy a ticket. It kind of on the heels of what Pete was mentioning. Disney's Animal Kingdom will be cutting back their extra magic hours. Uh, so as you know, they were hosting daily extra magic hours to combat and be able to control the crowds that were trying to fly to passage in Aubrey River Journey. Uh, but it looks like they will be cutting back those hours, uh, removing several attractions included uh, in the hours. So moving over to uh, Disney Springs, uh, Disney Springs Super Saturday will be taking place next week. June 9th from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., Walt Disney World annual pass holders can enjoy another Super Saturday event where they can take advantage of an early shopping experience at World of Disney, the Disney Corner, and Ever After Jewelry Company and Accessories. Pass holders will have these stores to themselves for a full hour to shop and use their discounts. Again, we're not pass holders, but we know we have some listeners who are. Uh, so take that in uh, next Saturday on June 9th. And then closing, like I said, sorry, it is a lot of news, but closing with some general news here. Uh, River Country will finally be demolished to make way for a new Magic Kingdom hotel. One of the most infamous locations in all of Walt Disney World is River Country. And it looks like... Uh, after being left to rot for a few decades, it'll be closed down, demolished, and open for a new hotel. One of the items that, that Pete shared this week, and this is noteworthy, uh, because we've all kind of wondered what the heck are they going to do with River Country. It's a prime location, uh, and it's just been kind of sitting there for a while. Uh, and then the final two pieces of news, uh, minivans are now available for all guests. Uh, we've talked about this multiple times. Uh, minivans uh, function through the Lyft app, uh, L-Y-F-T, Lyft app. Uh, and now you can request a minivan anywhere on Disney property. Uh, and it is a flat rate of $25 per trip per vehicle to any location on Walt Disney World. So use that wisely. 
Maybe if you're going from Magic Kingdom to Epcot, not so smart. But maybe Magic Kingdom to Animal Kingdom maybe makes sense if you want to do you know minivans who know what they're doing around Disney World. Uh, I'm I'm not for or against this. I typically use the bus system or Uber. And then the last piece of news, we all kind of saw this coming. Disney's closing lost and found location. Uh, they will be closing the location at the transportation and ticket center. We talked about the new online system for lost and found. You're going to continue to see this at Disney World. That they didn't create the online system to keep these locations open. They're going to use that space for something else. Uh, but wow! After that uh, long breath of news, does anybody have anything else? I've I've got one other thing that you didn't mention. Uh, the expansion at Cosmic Rays is done. So go see Sunny Eclipse. There's a lot more seating there now. All right, so before we get into that, let's go ahead and pause for just a minute to hear from our partner, Destinations with Character. This episode was brought to you by Destinations with Character Travel Agency, where quality service and client satisfaction are their top priority. Family time and memory making are so important, so trust the many dedicated and professional travel consultants at Destinations with Character to plan your dream vacation. They will provide you and your loved ones the most magical vacations possible, and they take great pride in meeting each client's needs, all while staying within budget and providing multiple options to make your vacation dreams a reality. With over 30 agents across the country, Destinations with Character Travel Agency has the resources to give each client dedicated one-on-one service. So experience their over 50 years of expertise at Disney parks, cruises, and travel as Destinations with Character Travel Agency takes the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it to the fullest. Simply give them a call to get started at 630-308-2350 and let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel Agency, making dream vacations come true every single day. You can reach them at their email account, D-E-S-T-W-I-T-H-C-H-A-R at Comcast.net or their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. Okay, so as I said before the news, we're going to talk about our top five ride moments. And these are very specific ride moments these have been carefully hand selected by us. So how do we want to uh, how do we want to start here? So I think I think I'll start here. And so like Pete said, like these are like things that when you go to the ride, like is a thing you remember. You know, maybe not like the most memorable, but something you remember from your ride experience. And I think for me, it's always that first drop at Splash Mountain in the Magic Kingdom. You're so geared up, you're so ready. You've watched like the fall from from the outside of the ride so many times, and just. The first time you go in, the first drop, I hate to hate to kill it for you guys, but it, it's not the real drop. But they make it look like it is, which is a lot of fun. And then you just like, gears you up for like, okay, is the next one going to be the drop? When is the real drop? So that, that's the one for me, guys. Now, two questions. One, and I'll ask this to the group because we, we didn't even uh, determine how we're going to do it. Are we just? Or is this just at random, or are we ranking these? And then two. Let's just let's just do five in in no specific order. Okay. And then two. I I was going to ask you when you said first drop. Did you mean your first time getting the big drop? But obviously you clarified that. I I totally agree. I think this is one of the funniest and most enjoyable scares, I guess, at Disney World because when you're on the log with someone who's never ridden, <laughs> you're. You know, they think it's coming. You see hands go up if you're in the back row, and then you're sitting there thinking, oh, boy, they're going to be in for a rude surprise. Uh, so I agree with you. Well, my favorite part about it is just like like you said, when someone's in the log with you, like, are you ready? Are you ready? Because here it comes. Right. Here it comes. Well, and, and, and my wife went through that 
because she was expecting the big drop, not knowing what the ride was going to bring. So yeah, you're you're right. It is now. So I I want to roll right into mine from here because mine is related to this. Mine is is the main drop at Splash Mountain. This is a fifty foot drop, forty five degree angle. There's so much anticipation that has built you up to this because you go through three drops before you get get to this. But when you get to this main drop, you know that it's the main drop. You know, you've gone up, you've seen the vultures, you've passed Br'er Rabbit getting basically cooked by Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear. So you you know that this is coming. This, Please this whole, don't throw me in that O'Briar patch. Yeah, Please! This, the whole ride has built you up for this. You get up to the top, you kind of pause for a second, and then you go down and, and it's over. And it's quick. But I But I think this is a... This is my favorite moment of Splash Mountain. And and I think this gets bonus points if it's at night. It just it just looks a lot cooler if you look out over Magic Kingdom at night right before you uh, right before you go down Splash Mountain. Great point, great addition there. I agree on the bonus points at night. I have ridden this attraction countless times in the evening when Cinderella Castle is lit up. If there's fireworks or a parade going, obviously not no parade at, at this juncture, but it is something special. This drops, I still lose my stomach every time. I still worry when I put my hands up that they're going to hit the briar patch. Uh, and and this is a spot where I've taken countless videos going down and rewatched them, you know, countless times. That's that's a really, really good choice. And I expect nothing less from you, Pete, uh, picking Splash Mountain. I mean, of course, it's a Splash Mountain, right? Of course, it's going to be my first pick. And the fun thing about Splash Mountain, too, that we can touch on quickly before we move to the, the next one is when you're walking up to Splash Mountain, you see the big drop, right? So that's all you're thinking about. But you don't realize how long the ride is and the storytelling that takes place in that ride. And I think that's like what adds to each drop. It's like, okay, well, now this is going to happen. Now this is going to happen because you're in that story. And then you get to the vultures and you're like, okay, uh-oh. <laughs> Right. Agreed, which is why it's the best ride at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, the, anti- the anticipation factor definitely works uh, works in the favor of the attraction here. Now, I'll, I'm going to change uh, I'm going to change parks on you guys. I'm going to run over to uh, Animal Kingdom here. And this this one's it's Exhibition Everest. I'll start with that. That's the attraction I'm going to discuss here. There was something about I can remember my first time riding it and every time I I've ridden it afterwards and having first timers on it, when you roll up and you see a broken roller coaster track and you're thinking oh man what's going to happen what you don't realize and you don't even hear it the track behind you is flipping and you're about to go backwards so you go backwards you get a bit disoriented you see a silhouette of the yeti like a a projector screen and then the track flips back and you go forward and my wife and i were talking about it today actually well as we discussed our topic and and how we're going to handle it and this is one of her favorite things too the first time she wrote it uh, just talking about some of her family and how they experienced and the laughter and the screams and the scares uh, so this is one of those ride moments for me that no matter how many times you ride it, there's most likely somebody who hasn't ridden it and has no clue what's happening. I forgot to tell my wife about this the first time that we rode Expedition Everest together. And, and we got to the point where the, the track is broken. And I said, oh, crap, I forgot to tell you about this. She is not a huge roller coaster fan, doesn't like to go upside down, was terrified on Space Mountain. But I managed to convince her to go on Expedition Everest and... When I when I realized oh we're about to go backwards she's not going to be happy uh, and and she wasn't she wasn't so you're right it's it's kind of one of those moments that it's it's great to take somebody on this ride for their first time to see their reaction to it Pete I feel like a recurring theme on this podcast is 
Yes, I didn't tell my wife about this, and she was not happy. She was I've got not a tr- I've got to trick her into a lot. You know, I, I love how you forget to tell her things because you know Disney World better. <laughs> I than, forgot I forgot to tell her Space Mountain <laughs> a single file too. Yeah, I mean, you you know Disney World better than uh than, than most folks, better than anyone on this podcast. I mean, this is kind of your deal, so I highly highly doubt you forgot. You, you chose <laughs> Le- legit. Did not remember Expedition Ever Swim Backwards. Yeah. Well, you want to change. You want to change up. Kind of hard to forget. You want to change up <laughs> the order go, here. Let's go. You go with your next one. We'll, we'll go. We'll go back. So I'm. I'm going to skip over. Uh, I'm going to skip over to Epcot now. So I ran to Animal Kingdom. I skipped Epcot. This is probably one of the most memorable things you'll you'll in- experience um, at, at Disney World if you do it. It's Mission Space, and it's the liftoff. Uh, so if if you've never ridden Mission Space, I don't want to give too much away, but you are in a spaceship and you are on a mission uh, through space. And, <laughs> If you ride the more intense side, the liftoff is unbearable. Uh, it's sickening almost because the G-force. Skin, skin peeled to your face. What Do you know what the G-force is, by the way? If, if, well, I'll just say it like this. If, if you want to. Hey, do you know it? Someone quickly look it up. I mean, I have a point to this question. It's. Uh, I think you're pulling, I think it's two and a half Gs. Yeah, I thought so too. Go ahead, Tom. I want to. The, the g-force on this this attraction and and we're what guessing two and a half g's something like yeah. that it it's it they try to simulate you going up in a spaceship and you can't pick your legs up you can't move your arms you, can, you shouldn't move your face i, I highly recommend that uh, but it does make tears come down your face and that is i mean when you get out of the attraction and you kind of look at the contraption you're like how in the heck did that do that well, yeah, and the reason I asked about the G-Force was because that the G-Force is what I remember about this ride, first and foremost. But I was watching Armageddon the other night with my wife, and um, we did Mission Space, and it was 2.5 Gs. Well, they make mention that like on their descent or around the moon or something in Armageddon that um, they go 10 Gs. And I was like, wow, I can't imagine what 10 Gs would feel like in space after doing Mission Space. Gosh, Mo- movie, so not realistic. Three G's is about what an astronaut pulls during liftoff, so Which it's pretty. It's pretty close to Mission Space. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's an incredible attraction, and uh, if if you are not prone to motion sickness, I highly highly recommend trying the more intense side at least once. Uh, now, my wife is crazy, and she can do it five times in a row. I can't. I can't hang with her. I tell her. You can go again. I'll wait right here. Or we can do the less intense. I, I can do it probably three times. So speaking of losing gravity and floating leads me right into my uh, next top ride moment. And that is Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios. And, and it's not the drop. And, and I think people would expect that it's going to be the drop. But for me, the, the best moment on that ride is you've gone through the ride. You've gone through all the kind of cool visual effects. You've stopped. Your your car is being pushed into the into the drop shaft for the for the drop sequence. You can f- you can feel the air change if you're there in the summertime when you go from inside the show building to that drop shaft. You can actually feel the air get a lot warmer because the drop shaft isn't isn't air conditioned at all. So you get pushed in there. You feel the warm air. You've got the anticipation. You don't know what's going to happen because this is so randomized. And the cool thing about like the warm air coming in. Is the entire time you've been in this area where there's a ghost. You've been in this area where it's the Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror. And all of a sudden, like, okay, something changed here. Something's different. I feel different right now. And then, well, you know what comes next. Yeah, exactly. You move right into the drop sequence. 
you know, again, I, I keep going back to being on the attraction with somebody who does not uh, like uh, like riding it or who, who has not ridden it. You kind of you feel it hit off the track, and you hear some people like, "Oh, uh oh." <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, it, this is a uh, this is a really cool part of this attraction, and and the anticipation builds to a point uh, where you eventually just have to scream. So feel free to let it out. <laughs> <laughs> the the doors open you push forward into that shaft like i get chills every time because it's like nope oh, here it comes here it goes and you and you really you don't know which direction you're gonna go no no clue no clue and that's what makes it so great Wait, I'm, a, I'm gonna go from one creepy part of Walt disney world to another creepy part of Walt disney world when i was younger Oh my gosh, the Haunted Mansion, like it took a lot to get me on that ride. Like even knowing that it was like, ha ha, this is kind of funny. It wasn't funny for me. And the least funny part was when a ghost went home with me or followed me home. <laughs> I could not do that part. I don't know about you guys. Did y'all get creeped out of that part when three different ghosts or one different ghost was coming home with you in each mirror? Yeah, the, the first time I rode Haunted Mansion, this was scary. It was even scarier when, when Disney had it. And I think they've turned it off since then. We rode this ride, and I, I remember getting on it with my wife. And I remember a tombstone popping up with my last name on it. And that terrified me. I, I had no clue how Disney did this. I, I can remember two things here. I mean, one, as a young child going on this attraction, you know, you kind of, I, I still believe in ghosts. So that, that can be safe for another podcast if we ever stop being a Disney podcast. But one, the ghost, I thought they actually went home with me. And two, just in general, that attraction and that, that being the finale and you're walking out into the darkness of Magic Kingdom down that ride, you think a little more about it. And when we went on our most recent trip, they have changed a bit of how the mirror interacts with you, especially with Magic Bands. And to your point, uh, Pete, when you see your last name pop up, you're kind of like, how did they know that? <laughs> so, guys, I'm going to stay in the Magic Kingdom here. And as a young as a youngster, this might have been like one of the biggest disappointments of my time at Disney World. When I found out that the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse wasn't really a ride, I just had to climb lots of stairs and go really high. Like that was a major, major buzzkill for me. <laughs> how is this a favorite ride moment? <laughs> See, because it wasn't a ride. That's the thing. <laughs> I thought it was a ride. If you're going to Disney World and you think the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse is a ride, it's not. It's a good place to watch the fireworks, but it's not a ride. Matt has made that mistake either. for you. <laughs> you can't touch anything. And for me, like, I mean, that's horrible. Like, I like to mess around with stuff. I, I mean, I know, I know Tom's feeling on the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse already. There, there's, there's two options here. You blow it up and you just say, "We missed." Let's uh, let's not do that again. Or you change it. To Sorry, we theme. screwed up. <laughs> um, I I I think this is really funny. I'm kind of with Pete. Top, it's a top five ride moment in some sense. <laughs> well, you didn't enjoy it, so it's top five for not enjoyed. And I mean, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, a uh, you feel like you've gone through a queue, and then you end, and you're like, oh, where's the attraction? Exactly. I think this is what taught Disney how to do a queue. Like, yeah. So Emily Robbins and Treehouse said, hey. Let's make this completely interactive, but actually make it a ride. That would have made me happy when I was 11 or 8 or 10, whatever it was. Pete, I, I, I really can't speak to this because I haven't been on the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse in probably 20 years. By design. By design, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so my next top ride moment. You're on Rock and Roller Coaster. You hear Steven Tyler in your ears. He's counting down. Five, four, three, two. And then you go. Skips one. Zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds. 
the takeoff at Rock and Roller Coaster. This is amazing. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when you're standing, when you get out of the studio and you kind of walk into the back alley and you're watching these roller coaster cars take off, it looks like a film that's been sped up. And it feels like it too when you actually get on the ride. Yeah, I think like the best part is it's not really when you're in the queue, it's when you actually like you're the second one to go. Like so you're waiting for the the roller the roller coaster the I'm sorry, the super stretch in front of you to take off. And then you're like, okay, so I'm doing this. Okay, I'm doing this. And then you watch them take off and you know what's going to happen and boom. Mo- moving on, uh, I, th- I think both those were, were great picks. Uh, and it looks like we're going to – I'm going to stay in Epcot here. And I'm going to go test track. And before Pete boos well, me – You're going to stay in Epcot? Because my last one was Epcot. I was we're in mi- Hollywood. Okay. I was Mission Space okay. last time. I'm going to stay in Epcot. So it's test track. And before Pete boos me, let me – preface this it's the outside portion to the top speed of test track at night that's a critical component here i think test tracks are really really fun attraction and obviously who doesn't like going fast and if i told you you could go on the fastest attraction in disney world you'd say sign me up that's test track i don't have a problem with this part of test track this is in fact this is the only part of test track that i actually enjoy the rest of it i could kind of I don't know. I could kind of take or leave, but but no, this part of Test Track, whether it's night or not, this is the best part of Test Track. Oh, I agree with you. Like, I'm not a big Test Track guy. Like, I'll be the first one to tell you that. That the only the best part about Test Track is when Pete thought he lost his keys. That was the most fun I've ever had on Test Track. But that little you you can do that so many other places in Disney World go fast. Like, I get it's the fastest, but it doesn't feel like it's the fastest, and it doesn't last very long. So that's like why well, boohoo Test Track. But well, I mean, listen, I. My affinity of Test Track has, has been discussed in many, many podcasts prior to this, so I don't want to bore our listeners. But th- listen, guys, especially if you can catch this during Illuminations, really, really, really cool, and there's no line, so bonus. But it's the mm-hmm. fastest ride, so you barely see Illuminations when you're outside. Because you are screaming it, what, 66, 65 <laughs> miles an hour, 55, something like that. Same speed you're driving the interstate on every day. No, 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 I drive much faster. <laughs> well, none of us have convertible, so it's a little different. <laughs> now, all right, what's next, Tom? Again, I, I'm going to go with another attraction, and I'm going to take the monorail to Magic Kingdom here. And I talk about this attraction a lot. It's Monsters Inc. Before anyone boohoo's me about this one, we're talking. Remember, favorite ride or attraction moments? Any of the audience interaction? That guy, the churro guy. When they ask audience people questions. They, it, it's like Disney has a niche for finding the people who will just be hilarious. And this is, this is an example of it. Well, it's the people that will be hilarious, but you've never going to be, you're never going to be the churro guy, churro guy twice. Like you never expect that you're going to be the guy. So everyone's taken aback and they're like, oh, I guess I am the churro guy. You know what I mean, guys? Well, and I, and I think, I mean, the audience interaction without a doubt is what makes this ride. Attraction. Yeah, right? absolutely. Or attra- because other than that, you're just kind of sitting there. Listen to jokes. I, I just think the the whoever and we've had I you could almost scream it you could say, Oh, it's stage. Well it's not because we've both we've all been in parties where someone in our group was the churro guy or that guy or someone with a microphone in front of their face. You just and, and no clue it was coming. Yeah, you have no clue it's coming and you can't think on your feet. Like you sitting in the audience after you have ten seconds to think, you're like, Oh, I would have said this. But in the moment with the camera, the spotlight and the cast member standing in front of you and the comedian behind the screen constantly asking you, okay, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You, you, you can't think, so you just say whatever pops up. So this is uh, obviously what makes the attraction, like Pete said, and this has to be one of the top five moments at Disney. 
So my next attraction is also at Magic Kingdom. Or my next moment is also at Magic Kingdom. And this is Haunted Mansion. And it's the stretching room. You get on this ride. You go through the queue. You're shuffled into this small room. And, and the cast members pack you in. Especially when it's busy. They don't. They're not shy about it. They want to get as many people crammed into here as they can. Please move to the dead center of the room. Oh. The dead center. You're absolutely Great right. Line. You have no clue what's you have no clue what's going on unless you've been there several times. But you know, I think back to the first time that I rode this, I had no clue what was going on. And then the walls start moving, the pictures start getting bigger, everything goes nuts, and then all of a sudden the power goes out, you hear lightning. And you've got a guy hanging above you. Like, it really sets the tone for the beginning of the ride. This is a haunted house, obviously. This is a Disney take on a haunted house, so it's kind of silly spooky. But but the beginning of this ride is creepy, and, and the stretching room really sets the tone for that. And see, here's like the best part about the stretching room. You have these Disney moments where it's like, okay, this is the Magic Kingdom. So, oh, stretching room. This is kind of creepy. Oh, this girl is tightroping over a crocodile. And you're like, oh, okay, I feel I feel okay now. This isn't that bad. That's how she died. That was silly. And then lights turn out, and there's a dude hanging above you. Like, it takes you right back to, okay, I am a little scared. And, and this is the darkest, now that extra, the extraterrestrial alien encounter is gone, I, I think this is the darkest ride at Disney World. You know, and, and <clears throat> we did a uh, just an entire episode we dedicated to the darkness of this ride and attraction, and... So this stretching room definitely sets the stage. I, I, you know, Pete, I think you could have gone two different directions here. I think you could have gone falling out of the attic or you could have picked stretching room. And uh, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with either of them. Matt? So, guys, I'm going to take us over to Animal Kingdom right now. And I'm going to take, take you all back to the very first time that I rode Dinosaur. And I thought it was the coolest ride in the world up until the Carnotaurus came out and scared the ever-living <laughs> life out of me. It was terrible. But anyway, my mom sells a picture up where I you, you capture all of my scared young childness. And it was just pretty, pretty, pretty scary. Stay, staying with this, I think that the time at your age that you rode this, Dinosaur was a, a much different attraction. You know, we, we've talked about on podcasts that they have semi-tamed this down by adding a little more lighting. They have changed the position of the Carnotaurus as well, uh, which a lot of people, you know, a lot of people call it a T-Rex. It's it's not. It, it's kind of a brother of the T-Rex. I mean, it, it's a massive carnivore, uh, and it's very scary uh, to, to look at, and it does pop out at inopportune times. When you first rode this, Matt, that <laughs> your age and that, I mean, that would have been terrifying. And I have actually seen the picture you're referring to. Even going on it now, I, I can never remember when, when the Carnotaurus is going to pop out. And when the picture is going to be taken. And so the, the first time that I ride it on every Disney trip, I still get terrified. Yeah, both of you guys have definitely seen the picture. And you probably all don't want to look like me. So y'all, <laughs> y'all toughen up real quick the entire ride. Thank, thank goodness I didn't know where it was coming from. Otherwise, I would have been uh, shrieking in the same position. I, just, I was kind of <laughs> looking straight like, oh boy. Well, Matt, why don't you uh doing snake draft here, right? So why don't you round us out? All right, so rounding this out, um, I'm going to stay in Animal Kingdom. And I'm gonna to go to it's tough to be a bug. If you if you talk about the spiders, you're kicked off of the podcast. I'm just saying. No, I'm not talking about the spiders. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about the stink bug. That stink bug. I mean, if you haven't smelled anything that smells bad lately, yeah, that thing is the worst thing I've ever smelled. While, while we're here on t- it's tough to be a bug, 
There's a few we could have stayed with here. So Stink Bug, definitely one of them. Spiders, which uh, Pete really does not like. What about, is it the wasp that stings you? Oh, the thing like in your back? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's something that either sneezes or sprays you. I mean, there's a lot in this one. All right. So my last one is going over to Epcot and, and, and really more of a traditional Disney ride. And there's really a couple epic moments or, or favorite moments that I've got on this ride. But the one that really stands out to me is the fall of Rome and the burning of the Library of Alexandria on Spaceship Earth. Something about that smell. It's it's supposed to be burning wood, burning paper, but I don't know. It smells like barbecue. Tell me, you smells, like that smell? Smells delicious. That smells horrible. <laughs> I would I would buy it as an air freshener if I could. You know, I also think I also think to where you kind of turn backwards in in the Omni Mover and you see Planet Earth projected on the inside of the uh, of the top of the dome is is kind of a favorite moment that stands out to me, but. I don't know. The the fall of Rome is so iconic and, and that smell is so memorable. This this is like, you know, Pete and I talked off air here. This is something that uh, maybe the average Disney goer does not realize what's going on here. However, they all recognize the smell. And I, I don't know if it smells like a barbecue. I don't know what it smells like. But it smells delicious. It does not smell like a barbecue. It, it's um, There are better smells at Disney World. This attraction in general, this is a really, really good attraction. And my one recommendation while we're giving tips out, which we weren't, but don't do this first. You can get a, a quick a, a quick wait time here. Yeah, don't don't wait in line for this. Definitely do it, but don't wait in line for it. I, I want to say really quick, this is one of those rides that the order you get, the more you appreciate it. So don't take your five-year-old and expect that person, that child to be like, oh, it's the best ride in Epcot. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, the order you get, the more you appreciate it. I think changes have been made, especially to the end of it, uh, that kind of incorporates what children or people my age <laughs> really enjoy about it, or mm-hmm. people with my lack of historical knowledge. But I, I agree with you there, Matt. Uh, this is not this is one that you more you appreciate the older you get, rather. Yep. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. Can I take for my number five spot? I have a reason. I want to take two attractions. Just can I do that? Is that allowed here? It's your your world. We're just living it. Retweet that. So um, I'm going to start with pirates, and uh, can I get a cameo from Pete? The, the, sm- the smell. No, the dead men tell no tales. Well, I mean that's that's where the that's where the title of this podcast came from. But if I have to think about pirates, I'm thinking about the smell. So when I'm thinking about pirates, I'm thinking about, uh, uh, you know, one of the top five or top moments in that attraction, rather. You hear that in the background as you go through mist that shows you the face of Davy Jones. There are a lot of things on pirates that are memorable. Uh, they unfortunately took one out recently. <laughs> but mm-hmm. We wants the redhead. You know, we wants the redhead for sure. But when you see this, I mean, th- this is a huge part of the... Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And it's also which, it's also a new part as well, which is kind of cool. Like this wasn't on the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, and depending on who you ask, I mean, some folks like the as original as it gets, and, and some want the new things incorporated. But um, I don't know. This is just cool to me because you go straight through the mist and you kind of evaporate his face. And then part two of my number five, and and neither of my uh, fellow podcast members have, have been able to experience this, but Flight of Passage. And I don't want to spoil it because this is still a very new attraction. I see uh, Matt taking his headphones off, so he doesn't even hear it. But it's 
when the screen or when the attraction starts, and and if you've ridden the attraction, you understand what I'm talking about here. It's just kind of like a wow factor or like a boom. I mean, it just it comes out of nowhere and it's uh, it really sets the tone for for what you're about to experience. And I'll leave it at that because I know they can't comment on Flight of Passage and and we don't want to go too in-depth with with what you actually see there. But that is definitely one of my top five ride moments because I think Flight of Passage is the best attraction in Disney World. All right, so let's go through real quick and let's go through some past attractions. What's your favorite memory from an attraction that used to be at Disney World? Yes, I'll start start here. Um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is one of like, it's one of those rides that a lot of the old Disney folks just loved and they talk about all the time. And for me, that was just like, wow, this is a pretty wild ride. It was like one of the first rides that I got on. I thought I was getting on It's a Small World or like Peter Pan, but it was actually kind of bumpy, kind of movie. It was fun. All right. So so my favorite memory from a long gone ride is, is of course, the great movie ride. Specifically, when your tour guide or, or cast member that's been guiding your tour reappears in the temple scene. I mean, this this amazes me every time. Okay, I'm I'm shocked that you picked the great movie ride. I'm just yeah. Shocked. I mean, two two things. Our our listeners here from a previous ride, and they automatically are talking to themselves, saying, "Oh, Pete's going great movie ride." However, this was a great scene. It was, a, it was amazing, right? And no matter how many times you ride the attraction, it doesn't get old. Never got old. Your cast member reappeared. Turn the bandit or cowboy or whoever had hijacked your ride. The gangster, yeah. I mean, yeah, in, into a skeleton and took back over. And it was just, I don't know, it was kind of the crowning moment of this ride to me. Yeah, that, that's a really, really good choice, Pete. And I'm going to move over. And this was one recommended by my wife today. Uh, so we're going to go old Soren here. So Soren, obviously, is, it, it's had a remake uh, from the video and the sensations you smell, hear. We're going to go the smell of oranges going over the orange grove. Yeah. So, there may not be a better smell. In, you know, there's there's a few that maybe compete with this, but there's not a better smell in Disney World. And you talk about seeing, hearing, smelling. I mean, you're hitting, you know, a lot of the senses here. And, and this was a really, really, really good part of the old Soarin'. No, and I can still remember this. I remember the music. I remember the smell. I remember what you were seeing in the background, you know, seeing when you went over the orange groves. Great choice. And I, I wish they were still playing the original Soaring because this is sorely missed. You know, again, that's not what the podcast intended for, but I've always said they should keep one or two lanes, you know, at least one lane open for the old version and one open for the new. Uh, and they, they could easily figure out what, what the public wants to see. All right. Well, well, good. So those are our uh, top five ride moments at Disney World. Love to hear from you guys. If you've got any suggestions, tell us why we're right. Tell us why we're wrong. Tweet us, email us. You know the drill. So let's go now into the secret and trivia question. Tom, what do we got this week? So we're going to start with the uh, secret for the week and then go to last week's trivia question and then this week's. The Disney Secret of the Week. In 1959, after the success of Disneyland, Walt began looking for additional land to open a second resort. Research has shown that Disneyland had very few visitors from east of the Mississippi, uh, so Walt wanted to capture more visitors from that area. Additionally, Disney disliked the businesses that he had sprung up around Disneyland and wanted more control 
uh, in the development. Uh, Disney surveyed many sites rumored to include the areas around Santee, South Carolina, Hilton Head Island, uh, and then he you know, began settling on the current area where Disney is held. Uh, in order to avoid land speculation, Walt Disney used a variety of shell corporations to purchase the land with names including the A4 Corporation and Reedy Creek Ranch Corporation. Uh, Walt died before the Florida project was completed, but his brother and widow both thought that the park was exactly what he had envisioned. There is no question that the Orlando area has been very successful for Disney, but think of what a difference it would have made if Disney would have ended up in Hilton Head, South Carolina. You know, we're we're all we're we're from the Carolinas, and so when as much as we love Disney, I, would we have loved it as much if it was right in our backyard? I'm not sure, but this is a really neat secret, and and to elaborate on it, I mean, Walt basically created companies to hide the fact that he was buying an excess of land that's that's just the genius of walt i mean that, that's yeah, what the he forethought did. there was amazing now hitting the trivia question from last week uh we we asked or two weeks ago rather excuse me we asked you animal kingdoms exhibition everest and hollywood studios tower of terror stand 199 feet tall but why well any structure 200 feet or taller would require red flashing lights according to the aviation regulations uh, so Disney did not want to ruin the theming by adding those red flashing lights. Therefore, they built them right at 199 feet tall. That's uh, that's really that's funny to me, and that's just Disney doing their research and uh, kind of finding the loopholes. Now, moving to our trivia question this week, and this is one from Pete that he gave us. What is the max speed and height of Space Mountain? So max speed being how fast do you go on the attraction and the height of the attraction outdoors. So how tall is Space Mountain, and how fast is the attraction? Uh, obviously, you can tweet us at Podcast uh, or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com with your answer. We love all you guys participating. It, it Again, I mean, it encourages us to continue with trivia questions, and we love sharing Disney knowledge. So please, please reach out to us on either of those uh, platforms, and we look forward to giving you new Disney knowledge next week. All right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. So please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed tonight's podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.